You're listening to The Journey Podcast. Especially when something devastating happens, we often ask, why me or why us? Logotherapy can help us find meaning, purpose and healing. Stay tuned to find out more. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end. This is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today is part of Mental Health Week in Canada, and this is a special bonus episode. When something unforeseen happens, we often ask, why me? Trying to find the answer can keep us from healing through what we experienced and keep us running in circles, confused and exhausted. Finding meaning in traumatic experiences and in life is a normal human desire. We want to know why we are here and what we are supposed to do. Today's guest is passionate about working with her clients to help them explore meaning so they can find healing and peace. Whether you have had a serious injury, have lost your purpose and path, or are struggling with a terminal illness, finding meaning can help support your well-being. Devorah Kerr is a somatic experiencing trauma therapist, reflexologist, professional logotherapist, and bereavement counselor. She is passionate about helping people through their illnesses, challenges, and struggles in life, and combines her expertise to empower people to well-being of their mind, body, and soul. Her forte is to help people ask, what now, instead of asking, why me? She runs an integrative wellness clinic providing reflexology and therapy, as well as online therapy. Her book, Man's Search for Healing, explores the mind-body connection, the effect of unfinished business on the body, the difference between being healed and being cured, how she overcame her own broken neck, forgiveness, post-traumatic growth, and more. Without further ado, here is my interview with Devorah Kerr. Hi, Devorah. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because logotherapy is such an interesting space for holistic healing, and we have not talked about it before on the podcast. So welcome to the Journey Podcast. Thanks, Petra. It's really, really exciting for me to be here, and especially if you haven't spoken about logotherapy, because it's something I really am very passionate about. Yes, I'm excited to get into that. So do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your story? Sure, sure. It's a big story, but it's a progression of the story, which is in itself logotherapy, because that is all about finding meaning. And I think as life progresses and as we go through different things in life, we have an opportunity to find meaning and make purpose from the things we're going through, whether they're challenges or good things in life. So I think from a young age, I had something in me that was always looking to make meaning. And I never knew, obviously, of the word logotherapy. 
But when I was 25 years old, my father was diagnosed with colon cancer. And this was like really the first big upset in my life. And I had been in interior design for many years. I have a creative side. And I became very interested in reading and learning about the role of the patient in their own healing journey. And I think that probably also interests your audience because we can't control the circumstances or the events or the illnesses or the financial situation or the current, you know, the epidemics or the pandemics that come our way. But that doesn't mean we can't still show up to life around us in a certain way. That gives us a sense of control. So when my father was sick, I was very interested in learning about this. What is the role of the patient and what can they still do to help themselves? And I began reading books and books and books and books and specifically books written by doctors and scientists on mind-body wellness and thoughts that one can have to help oneself and where one can take charge and be in control and how one can do that. And this really fascinated me. And so eventually, a couple of years after my father passed away, I changed careers and I went to study reflexology. And this, I felt, was a door, you know, him leaving and passing away was one big door closed in my life. A new door opened when I went to actually decide to help myself in grieving him, but as well myself in helping others to be well. So I studied reflexology and I really enjoyed that, interacting with patients, but I found it to be limiting because it was all about just the body. So I couldn't help with people's existential pain when cancer patients would say, why do I have to be sick? I'm too young. I'm too scared now. What can I do? Or if young women would say, I just want to have a baby. Why can't I? Like all these why questions, I had no clue how to answer them. All I had was the tools on how to help them fix their bodies. I could work the reproductive system or work the immune system, but I couldn't help them with their crisis. So that was quite frustrating for me. And that's when I came across logotherapy. And logotherapy, I'm not sure how much your audience do know about this. So logotherapy really is the teachings of Dr. Viktor Frankl. And he was a psychiatrist and neurologist in the 1930s in Austria. And he was a Jewish doctor. And he thought he would be protected because of his status and his importance in the medical system. But unfortunately, he wasn't. And he was sent to the concentration camps. And he spent four years in that setting, which is really, really a long time. And before he went in, he had been studying all about what is it that people have inside of them to overcome difficulty and hardship. Now, all of a sudden, he found himself in almost like a human experiment of everybody was the same and nobody had belongings, nobody had money, no one had furniture or homes or food or hair. Nobody even had names. They all ate the same, slept the same, worked the same. And he, as part of this experiment, wanted to know, well, what does he do differently? How come some are thriving and others are not? 
And so this is what he started looking at, like within his group around him, how come someone who could see someone suffering could give away half a piece of bread and say, you have this, you need it more than me. And then they would still wake up the next morning. So this is what fascinated him. And this is what he was kind of studying with the people around him all the time. And when I heard that, I was really drawn to go and study that. I went to study it for for years and to understand how he offers this outlook of life instead of asking why me to ask what now. And I think that is like, if we can change the way we look at things and start asking that question, what now, then we can actually see, I do have some resources to maybe get through this. I've been through some tough things before and we can start to dig deeper into ourselves and our resources to help us get through what we're going through now. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and also explaining what logotherapy is, because I have a feeling that some of the listeners might not have come across it before. So that's wonderful to hear what it is. And actually the name logotherapy, it comes from a Greek word logos in Greek means meaning. So it is a type of therapy which helps people find the meaning and the purpose in this is in my life now. Yes, I don't want it, but what can I do about it? So it's almost like to help someone suit up to the challenges that they might be experiencing. And how did logotherapy influence your own story and how does it influence your work with your clients? Yeah, yeah, thanks. So firstly, for me, it changed things, just that moving from the why me, like why did I have to lose my father? I was so young. Why does this have to happen? When you're in that mode, you will always be a victim of your circumstances. And I think when you start looking at things differently, like what now? Like what do I have to overcome this difficulty and challenge? I feel that is a more empowering question to be asking. And the truth is like the first time we feel pain in challenge in life is as a baby when we start teething, right? And one might think to themselves, why does a little innocent baby have to go through this pain of teeth breaking through the jaw? But it is even from that young age to learn, you get through hard things. We can do hard things. One can get to the other side of difficult things. It's almost like it gives us the building blocks for the next difficulties which might come our way. So for me, once I learned this kind of way of thinking, I have put it to play in my life everywhere. Even when I watch movies with my children and I say to them, wow, do you see, do you see what he's overcoming here? Can you actually just see this? This is a logotherapy moment. And my children say to me, mom, can't you just watch the movie? Do we always have to have logotherapy explanations? And it's quite humorous, but I just see it everywhere around me that I have like my list of movies that I love that just shows how there is a defiant power of the human spirit that can't be broken. And if we can access that, then we can rise up to the challenges that we're experiencing. All the time in my own life and in my clients' lives, I really like to help them find that place where they do feel more resourced to be able to get through their difficulties. Yeah. Amazing. And very often, as you've already kind of alluded to, actually the search for meaning can be very closely also related to the search for healing. You wrote a book called Man's Search for Healing. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thank you. 
So this book was born out of the pain of me losing my father and then looking for ways that we can be healed. And actually, I mean, I discussed this in the book as well, that our goal in life is not to live forever. Our goal in life is to live. No one lives forever. There's no such thing. The greatest of human beings have come to the end of their lives, right? Like Mandela, Mother Teresa, Moses. Like people come to the end of their lives. That's what being human is all about. So the goal is not to actually overcome that. The goal is really how do we use the days which make up our lives to have a meaningful life? Then if that life is only 30 years long, have we used it well? You know, so it actually is an exploration into finding healing. We might not be able to find cure, a curing, but we can always find healing. And for me, this has been meaningful when I work with even terminal patients who know that they are at the end of their lives and there is not going to be a curing or someone who has autoimmune disease that will not be cured right? That doesn't mean that they are victim of that now. It just means they can find a healing in the way they respond to it, how they show up towards the difficulty of their situation. It's really a magnificent privilege to work with people in this situation who is a terminal patient, who is facing the end of their lives, that there is still a realm and a place where they can still be empowered in how they die with dignity or how the lessons that they give over to their family members in those last few weeks. There is so much that someone can still be empowered with and can come to a place of love and healing. So for me, I've really taken the logotherapy concepts and applied it to the realm of mind, body, wellness, and soul wellness. When we find meaning in our difficulties and challenges, it can actually change the quality of our lives, specifically on a health and healing realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. And I just want to touch on an event in your life to give maybe a little bit of an example of how logotherapy can be applied you mentioned when we spoke first that you broke your neck and how did you work with logotherapy to find healing from that and to move forward from that? Yeah. So thank you. You know, I always feel not that we get tested, but there's one thing of like writing a book and another thing on do as I say, not as I do. And we are tested on these things. So all of these things, the different chapters in my book, I speak about attitude, I speak about gratitude, I speak about illness, I speak about post-traumatic growth, I speak about healing, I speak about forgiveness. And then I was in a situation where exactly a year and a month ago, I had a terrible, terrible accident. I fell, I landed on my head and I broke my neck. And I fractured my C2 vertebra, which is very dangerous vertebra to fracture. But I was very lucky that it didn't affect my spinal cord. So when the doctor came into the room after my CT scan and said to me, you are very lucky to be alive. You are lucky you are not paralyzed and your neck is broken and don't move. And that's all she said to me. There was no, I'm sorry, you know, this must be a hard diagnosis to hear and we'll give you all the support you need there was none of that but these cold facts and I remember thinking in that moment like wow like whatever this is going to mean I'm going to get through it it's because all these years of 
thinking and living and watching movies and looking for the meaning and reading books and finding the meaning that those people found and exploring my clients and their lives and their challenges and how they were able to find meaning. I was able then in my difficulty and challenge to put, to walk the talk, right? To put everything that I'd written about in my book into practice on how to find meaning in my situation, how to allow other people to take care of me, how to be vulnerable and cry, how to ask for help, how to be scared. And even as a mom, I have adult adult children. And as a mom, it doesn't matter how old your kids are, you still don't want them to see you vulnerable. You want your kids to see you as the strong one, the one who can take care of everything. And I could not be strong. I needed help bathing. I couldn't even like, you know, to brush my teeth, I couldn't turn my neck to even rinse my mouth. Like I needed help with everything. So it really was an opportunity for me to say, instead of being in that place of why can't I do anything for myself, but I can allow blessing into my life through the help of other people. And so I feel like those were all logotherapy moments of not asking why this happened to me, but asking like, well, how can I respond to it now? How can I even now, I go around there, I give talks all about, you know, what one can do when terrible things happen. I broke my neck and I got through it. And even in the beginning, when I thought to myself, you know what, one day I'm going to speak about this. I even thought I will add an extra chapter into my book about it, which I've done. I didn't know what the this was. I just knew whatever it was, I'll get through it. So it's really about finding that place deep within us that is resilient and that can overcome hard things. And yes, we might need resources from other people and then we must use them. I always love to say that the sunflower turns in the day where the sun is coming from, you know, turns to face the sun. And I feel that we are not an island. We don't live alone. And maybe especially as women, what we do is we have to be strong and brave and I can do everything and my pot is empty, but everyone else's is full. It doesn't have to be that way. We can and we must look after ourselves as well. So this was really an incredible journey for me to be on watching myself heal. And sometimes, you know, like the door that we thought was open is now closed. You know, and then how do we respond to that? Actually, one of the reasons why my book came about in the first place was because of COVID, because my reflexology business closed down because of lockdown. No one could come into my clinic. And I had a lot of free time. I do do the therapy, logotherapy and trauma therapy. I'm also a somatic experiencing practitioner. So I do trauma therapy online, which I could continue. But for all the revenue and the hours in my day that I wasn't working, I was like, you know what, here's my chance to write my book. So it's like, how do we look at the circumstances? I couldn't change them. COVID was here, but I could respond to them in a different way. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing this inspiring story of your life and what a healing journey you have been on. And do you think that forgiveness also plays a role in personal healing and in people's healing journeys? Yeah. So I'm so passionate about this topic, forgiveness. It's a very long chapter in my book because I researched it a lot. And some people don't like the word forgiveness because it comes with a lot of myths. People think, oh, well, if I forgive, then it means the other person was right. If I forgive, then I approve of the behavior that they did. If I forgive them, then I have to let them back into my life. 
And I like to teach people it doesn't mean any of that. When we walk around in our lives holding on to all the resentments from the past, what we are actually doing is weakening our own immune system. Because what we are doing is we are carrying around hurt and pain and resentment and rage and anger. And all of those things release chemicals into our body. So if we could let go, if people don't like the word forgiveness, they could use other words like release the struggle or let go, right? If people can do that, then what they're really doing is saying, yes, you have hurt me, but I refuse to carry that in my life anymore. That we do get to choose what type of internal environment we want to provide for ourselves. There's a young child in all of us who might have been hurt by other people, but by us walking around filled with rage and hatred and resentment all the time, what we're doing is not providing a safe environment for our inner child. So for me, it's very important that people know that when I use the word forgiveness, and there are things that cannot be forgiven, it's not about people who can or can't be forgiven. People do terrible things, and I'm not saying we forgive them. What I'm saying is we do a process, we set ourselves free. And when I was doing the research for this chapter, I interviewed a colleague of mine who had the most horrific sexual abuse as a little girl many, many times over and over again, her new sister by their stepfather. And before I published the book, I actually gave her my chapter on forgiveness to read. And she said to me, what helped her? She said, she is not God. And she is not the judge over other people's behavior. She believes that other people will get, you know, there is cause and effect. And she believes that in her body, she needs to let go and release because she wants to now provide a safety and a loving environment for her inner child. And she is not the judge of other people and their behavior, what they've done. And she's also not prepared to carry that inside of her any longer. And this is how she came to healing, by releasing this person, this despicable human being from her system. He's moved on in his life and she's not prepared to carry his wounds inside of her any longer. So these type of things, they sometimes aren't easy to do alone. And that's where going to a trauma therapist or a logotherapist can help one do these things. But it is possible to say, you know what, this is my life and I do not want to live in a state of rage any longer. So I offer many suggestions in the book on how to release, how to let go, how to claim back the peace inside our internal bodies so that we can be healthy for ourselves too. Yeah, forgiveness is such a powerful concept in personal healing, absolutely. And do you want to go over some of your programs and services, Devora, so listeners can get a feel of how they could connect with you in their healing journey? Yeah, yeah. Actually, as you were just said that about forgiveness is such a powerful concept, I was actually thinking to myself, it really is an empowering concept. Because when we can do that, it's when we take back our power, actually. I didn't write that in the book, but I'm thinking about it now as you use that word. I think that's even more accurate. Yeah, about my services. So I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner as well, which is trauma therapy. And I work with lots of medical traumas, shock trauma, people who are scared for diagnoses or operations or who have, like I did, you know, broke your neck, had accidents or things like that. 
work with traumas, traumas from the past, that we can really, person doesn't have to carry these things into their future. We can settle the nervous system and discharge what doesn't need to be there any longer. And I really find this work deeply healing for my clients and I get so much personal satisfaction of that this is the work that I do and I do this online so this is wonderful I think it was another benefit that COVID gave us is it opened up the world into a very accessible place to be able to reach people and I also have my book which is Man's Search for Healing and that is available on Amazon and then I think, Petra, I've given you my other details of my LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook pages. And if anyone wants to join those or sign up for my newsletter, that can be done through my website. My web address is DK, which are my initials, DK Wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot C-O dot I-L. And people can contact me through there if they're interested in hearing more. I have blogs as well and uh, yeah I think then just through YouTube and Facebook you can maybe post those when you upload the podcast yes and we will be linking to all of Deborah's offerings in the show notes as she just mentioned so we will put the links in there on how to contact her directly and also where you can find her book if you would like to purchase a copy of it and this has been another incredible episode, and I really hope our listeners have enjoyed this journey into logotherapy and healing as much as I have. It has been fantastic chatting with you on the podcast today, Devorah. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for your great questions. People ask questions and it opens doors to connecting on a deeper way and finding meaning in that way as well. Yeah, and what a fascinating topic it has been. <laughs> so yeah. thank you so much for your insight. My pleasure. <laughs> and take care of yourself tomorrow. You too. Bye, Petra. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media, and leave us a five-star review. You can find more of the Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and the Journey blog. Sending you love and courage and see you next week.